cruelty knows no bounds, when evil knows no limits, revenge strikes with its most frightening power. They called her one eye, then ran for their lives. We've got a peck of trouble. Frigga killed one of her regular clients yesterday. And I'm betting she's out to get the three of us. They defiled her beauty. They robbed her of speech. They brutalized her body. And when they had finished, she used what was left to repay every blow with her own terrible kind of revenge. Find out where she's getting her stuff and set her up. Then get rid of her. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Your most fearful nightmares, the most cruel sights you have ever seen cannot match the shock of this motion picture experience. Chris Honeywell is an internet loudmouth. I hear Sweden's one of the safest places in the world to hitchhike. Hated and reviled by his few remaining friends, he catches the attention of Thomas DJ, perhaps the world's most cunning supervillain. Ensconced in his ultra-scientific hideout, with only his robot army and stunning assistant to keep him company, DJ springs into action. Is this city, you see? In Virginia, use the molecular transmigration beam to bring this fool to me! Virginia trains the hellish mechanism, and with a clap like thunder, and in a blinding psychedelic light, Chris Honeywell stands before his tormentor. Normally, I do not suffer fools, but I see beyond the yawning chasm of ignorance that is your brain and the endless sluice of sewage which is your mouth that they form a basic animal intelligence that I may be able to mold to my own devices. Uh, okay. Therefore, in my mercy, I offer you two choices. Instant painless disintegration or you study grindhouse movies at my feet now! Choose! Uh, I choose not disintegration. So be it. In one month, I shall assign you a movie to watch and will summon you again. Be ready, or the consequences shall be swift and merciless. Right, but how do I get to the... Now go! And thus began one of the most dangerous and unpredictable endeavors in evil sciencing. The Honeywell Experiment! Virginia, summon the subject! Virginia, please lose the eye patch. You have two good eyes. 
like to drug wine? Uh, sure. <laughs> I, I'm having trouble. I, I think you're transported. I'm having trouble with my eye. I have no depth perception, and I'm just in a foul mood. Oh. Well, you, you were enjoying yourself too much last time, young man. So, well, Jesus, I decided man. to... Yo, Grindhouse movies is not all hot black women on trikes. Sometimes they're thriller, a cruel picture. I miss hot black women on trikes right now, let me tell you. Oh, not this... to say that you gave me a bad movie to watch. Oh, it was no, a good well, movie I, I to watch. It, I think one of the, the reasons this movie is so is such a, a gut punch is because it is legitimately well made you know how people say so bad it's good yeah this is so good it's bad but not bad as in not good <laughs> yeah <laughs> bad as in bad boy <laughs> well it's like okay we'll give you an exploitation picture we'll give you the nudity we'll give you a revenge plot but you're gonna have to work for that shit. Yeah, you're not gonna like it. You're, yeah. you're not gonna like the nudity. We're gonna give you like, yeah, it's it's uh, it it's unflinching. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's. Uh, I I mentioned it, to you that it I lives see the up to its name. Watching... Oh, go ahead. Oh, it lives up to its name, truly. Like it it. You are you get what you pay for in this movie, you, and you pay for what you get. <laughs> yeah, it's it. I I think the reason it's called a cruel picture is not because it's cruel to its lead actress, but because it's being consciously cruel to you, the audience. Yes, it's 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 not giving you this story is so basic, and it's kind of a throwback to the old like reefer madness days of where it's like girls watch out you know there's guys looking to get you hooked on drugs and into prostitution and and but all of those things always gave the viewer an out you know when 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 the knife comes down the camera turns away and your imagination does it and then everybody pulls the sort of bullshit thing of where it's like and your imagination is always worse than reality. And this movie uh, goes, no, that's no. lame. No, not at all. They uh, apparently used a real corpse for that scene. Yeah, a young woman who'd killed herself. Yeah. And it's... it... Yeah. I, it, what, what's funny about this is I was watching this movie and it was evoking similar feelings as when I saw... More, uh, more towards Cannibal Holocaust, but similar also to a, a Serbian film. A Serbian film, I, you know, there's there, it, it's more transgressive. But the 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 thing about um that and Cannibal Holocaust is they're both very well made films, and they're they're evil to their core. Uh, the thing about um Cannibal Holocaust was. Well, both of them have some stuff that's just ethically sketchy, but Cannibal Holocaust truly has like it has they you know they killed animals for it, right. has yes. real animal deaths on it. So like I could talk philosophically all I wanted about 
Hateable Holocaust and what it had to say and stuff. But at the end, I'm like, yeah, but the filmmakers are kind of morally bankrupt because they were killing animals for this movie. Uh, whatever, you know, that it made a point, but it was not worth, you know, making me see an animal get murdered on and right. you know they could do and there you could they could sort of bullshitty do like well you know the audience is complicit with it no 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 whatever i don't want you to kill the animals but yeah. when i watched this i thought to myself okay this one's sort of clean i don't have any ethical problems with any of the stuff they did in this but it's still it's still mean to the core and then i started reading about it and i'm like oh they used a real corpse to yeah to fill and i thought i didn't know i i Really, I wasn't thinking. I I was like, are they gonna go there? Are they gonna unshin and it? Yeah. And and they did. So I thought they probably did it like that, where maybe they built a face with an eye socket and like got a goat eye or you know a cow eye and put it in there or something. Although I should have known because it was very realistic and such a low budget movie. Yeah. Um, but um, Death and I have a bit of a disagreement on whether this is the most upsetting injury to the eye scene in history. Uh, he he still holds out for a Lucio Fulci zombie. Zombie, yeah. yeah. Z- zombie and Inchian Andalou, I think, are right now the only contenders for that crown. But zombie, it's a special effect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's and obviously it's, that's the thing. It's obviously a special effect, and they're 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 drawing it out for, for um, you know dramatic quote unquote dramatic purposes. And this is just oh, it's so has with a lot of this movie. This is it's so matter of fact that we're doing this thing. Right, and and there's always like the the, the say with the eyeball scene in this. Okay, so you know the 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 guy the. Uh, and uh, just just to sort of bring everybody up to speed, you know, this is a story like a young girl who's raped as a child when makes yeah, her mute. This is the first four minutes. First scene, me, guys. And this 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 is straight. This is sort of what what the rest of it caught me for a loop is this the scene of the little girl getting raped is horrific, mm-hmm. but. I I didn't know that she had gotten raped, and I I thought. From what it looked like, it looked like a little girl running through the park. She picks up, a, you know, it's very, very, you know, movie trope thing. She picks up a leaf and hands it to an old man who picks her up and starts spinning her around. And then the music gets, you know, creepy. And then you see him sort of down on his knees with blood coming out of his mouth. I'm like, Grandpa had a heart attack. This was a scene of Grandpa having a heart attack. And then afterwards like the police are carting him off and the woman slaps him in the face i'm like what's going on here and then you hear the neighbors talking about her as a as when as an adult you know it's a shame she's mute you know the the crazy man who raped her and i'm like oh okay he raped her and then when i went back i went back to watch it supposed to be an adult well she's a teenager who is magnificent in this film Mm-hmm. Uh, was 23 at the time. The sense I got was that she was like a teenager. She was supposed to be, I think, like 16, 17 yeah. years old. You know, a young, young and young enough to be naive. You yeah. know, this was made in Sweden, so 16 or 17 was more, you know, 
adult age anyway there so but she was yeah she was supposed to be like a a naive teenager and she looked young enough to be a naive teenager she's very tiny woman but um okay so so you know and and eventually she gets she gets picked up by a pimp drugged and hooked on heroin you know uh, as somebody who has a real fear of needles oh me too now okay so this is where i was getting to yeah. That's when, okay, so up until that point, the, so the, the first rape was kind of stylistic. Yeah. But, okay, so then we're, I'm like, oh, no, the, I realized the needle's going in. I hate needles. Yeah. That's one of my things. I had I to literally to hold my fingers up on the screen just at the point of entry and go like, okay. And that's when I started to realize, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> Where, and so this movie keeps going on the scenes where you would normally fade out. So when he puts her eye out, you know, you see it from her point of view and he's his hand shaking the needle. You yeah. know, it's, a, it's your classic, like, danger to the eye shot. And it's squirmy as hell. And then it's supposed to fade out. But it cuts, and then you see, you know, a different angle, and here comes a scalpel, and there's the yeah. eye, and you're like, oh no, are they? They're gonna push it even? Oh, they did that, you know. And uh, pretty much, that's how it is for the rest of the movie. When when he turns her out, you know, they don't. They it does not pull away from what her, what the the you know he's he's prostituting her. So what the clients. You know, you basically have sort of every kind of client, you know, put it to to do every kind of sort of humiliation and cruelty. And that's where the movie got hard. Yeah, well, that's the... There's very little music during that first hour. Which I think makes it even more kind of hard to watch because it's... No, when there's sound... In, it's it's just sort of like horrific collages of yeah. hellish noises, um, and uh, and I gotta say the first hour of this movie is one of the is like I was grinding my te- you know had my yeah. teeth clenched through a lot of it, and I was thinking, uh, okay, so last month we watched Dark Town Strutters and said, well that movie couldn't be made today, this movie, like. If if you're a woman that's had any kind of bad experience or horrible experience or rape or abuse, any kind of abuse in your life, you should not watch this movie it's, <laughs> at it's all. Brutal. I I kept no, thinking it, of the, the director Michael Haneke, who directed a film called Funny Games, and the thing that that I think makes this film so compelling, if you will, is that it's kind of making you implicit in in a. She's called Madeline in the subtitles, but she the character is called Frigga after Odin's wife in the original cut. Um, it's almost like the director, it, you know, Bo Arn Vernius wants you to feel uncomfortable wants you to feel like you're you're part of the crime oh yeah oh yeah 
and and um i'm gonna say that i mean there's there's some really like just bad composition sound very grindhouse looking scenes in this but this guy is not a bad director he's a very oh. good director and he put i i guess he made this movie i saw an interview with the actress yeah and she said he made this movie to make money because he'd made a children's movie that that had tanked and was just like i just want to make an exploitation movie to get some money but you could tell he had a mind and put some thought right. into it and said if i'm going to make an exploitation uh, uh, this almost like exploitation though t has a element of titillation to it right and when you get into the complicity of this if you're getting titillated by this movie right. uh, there's something wrong with you yeah there's something yeah, seriously wrong with you because there's nothing there is nothing because like when we you see like a rape scene in a, a, a different kind of grindhouse it's obviously there for you to leer at the woman, you know, and, and, and get off on the violence. There is such a clinicalness to her the scenes during her, her prostitution. There's nothing sexy about him. Yeah, it's no. she is she's she's and you know that and this is a thing. This is it's like real abuse she is she's not going a lot you know she's not right. like i'm i'm gonna act my role as a hooker and then cry afterwards right she's she's like going out of her body she's disconnecting from the experience people are kissing her and she's just sitting there with a blank right. face and and then they're slapping her or whatever they're doing you know and uh it so it it it's has the real the the real the elements of real abuse as opposed to movie abuse that's just sort of like they're they're al it almost seems like he read case studies or you know or whatever and it 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 psychologically it's you know there's ridiculous things like heroin doesn't work the way yeah. they talk about it you don't mix it up with a sp like like Kool-Aid and stuff yeah yeah, you know, and stuff like that. So it has that sort of like weirdness to it. But the way you break somebody down, and I, I, I was reading a review of this, and they said oh, there's some plot holes. Like, why would the pimp let her go out on one day? And it's like, no, he would do that because psychologically, he, he, he has to give her some amount of freedom for her to come back to him, and that's part of the psychological mastery of another person, you know, or domination of another person. Right and and stuff like that and uh it's it's harrowing it's and and uh, should i bring should i should i mention the the sort of elephant in the room at this at this t juncture of of this part that rears its pretty ugly head is there's hardcore porn scenes in this yes this, and, this was a surprise because i i saw the first time i saw this was many years ago I saw the 90-minute uh, American version, which is dubbed and cuts out all of these hardcore inserts were not Lindbergh. They apparently hired uh, professional porn actors to do those inserts. And uh, apparently they were named Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet, too. yeah. But it just it drives it home. It just drives home the fact that you, 
you should be feeling. It's as if the director's going, do you feel dirty yet? Well, apparently the d director didn't put those in. The the producers did afterwards. I don't know if it was... I, I don't think it was necessarily with his... You know, I don't think he was objecting to it, but they added those... That, those were added in later to, to pump it up a little bit. But I gotta say, they were... <laughs> They work with the story because they sort of escalate in what they show. Yeah, until and we end, it, it they just full-blown money shot. Yeah, yeah, and and well, I and and it's like okay, first it's just sort of rape, and then you know, guys sticking a finger up her butt, and then he's just have yeah. it having anal sex with her and stuff. So it's just it's 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 showing an escalation in her, you know degradation and being you know just like exploited and it's it's yeah it's and it's terrible it 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 it, it, it makes it's it makes porn look ugly <laughs> by by association and it's just that that the about 45 50 minutes into this movie i was sitting there like having a conversation with myself going Oh my fucking god! She, the 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 last forty, you know, hour to forty-five of this movie, she bet I'm like, she just better take these people apart piece by piece, because the the you know, I will the, this movie will not be worth it unless I see these people like getting it in kind <laughs> with what the way she's getting it, and you know. Like the the average revenge movie, you have your catharsis right. of of the revenge at the end, and it's pumping your th fist in the air. This movie does not give you the indulgence of having any kind of like fist pumping catharsis. It's just like good. You're, it's it's all it all You're the emotions. At the end. Yeah, and the emotions that you experience are all negative emotions. Right. There's no like, yoohoo! This she's yeah. awesome. It's just like good. That that one's dead. Oh, well. Oh, he got away. Good, because I hope we're saving the worst yeah. for that guy. And and you know, so it's just it brings out it. It. it, it she's she's a, totally an antihero, and yeah. I think by the end he wanted to punch that home by like. All right, she's just killing bystanders in cars like it was right. nothing. Well, she, she doesn't beat care. The crap out of the, out of the police, so. Yeah, and yeah, and all they were doing—they were just doing their jobs. They hadn't yeah. done anything to her. And there's so much emphasis on the, the guy spitting up blood. That's a beautiful shot. Yeah. Well, I mean, slow, like a, slow motion. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it, it, it's obviously low budget, but this guy obviously put thought into this. I, I have to think that that he was, in, even though he said he's just making an exploitation film to make money, he was like, okay, fine, this is what you want, you're gonna get it, but mm -hmm. you're gonna get it on my terms. He he decided not to pull punches. I'm not going to pull punches on this. If I, you know, and and let's let's, I mean, let's be frank. He was looking to make some money after losing some money, so he was like, might as well add some extra umph to this one and it's coming out of sweden which is not like one of the great producers of grindhouse films yeah so it had a lot of like disadvantages in the larger grindhouse 
you know, um, world of of getting scenes. So the more, the more, you know, the more repu. I mean, I imagine this on the screen in Times Square was a crazy experience. For some reason, I picture a drive-in. I picture seeing this at a drive-in for some yeah. reason. But, I mean, it's just so relenting. And we can make, we can point to some of the, the kind of silly stylized stuff. Hell, I mean, Tarantino lifted the whole idea that her eye patch coordinated with her outfit. This this movie and uh, and I I didn't read up on this movie before I watched it, but as I was watching it, I'm like, I'm gonna find interviews after this with Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. He definitely there. You know, it, it doesn't copy it exactly, but there's the like when she sees somebody that she's got the target on. You know, there's yeah. the the close up of her face and the music starts getting. You know, I'm about to go crazy and kill you. And, uh, like, I could... Uh, I, and I later found out that he based the Daryl Hannah character on, yes, on her. She was a tribute to, to her. But she could almost be her, you know? Yeah. And, 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 yeah, and she could be kind of a amoral person by the time she's that age and and stuff. Well, the last thing we see of her, where she, where she, sits, where she sits down in the grass to watch... Her ultimate tormentor die. She turns away at the last second, yeah. though, and that's that's uh, that's a nice little touch, you know. Yeah. It's just it's like, like a little bit of humanity coming back. Yeah. Or a little bit, just slightly of like you know, I she hasn't quite gotten down to his level. Right. And I love. <laughs> That her vehicle of choice, that, that, you know, she buys herself a nice muscle car, yeah. but then when she gets a chance to get a police car, she's just like, I'm going to drive the police car. I'm not only going to just drive the police car around. I'm going to drive people off the road, just because Drive I them off you. the road with the siren blaring. I'm going to have the siren blaring wherever I go. Yeah. There's, there's a driving scene with her that also, I think, Quentin Tarantino lifted for the third for the, the second Kill Bill movie. Right. Um, and that's her, shot by the, the way, back doing, seat. doing yeah. the driving. And just like just like Uma Thurman was doing the driving yeah. in that one. And it's a, just a very similar, like, from the back seat, you got the, sh- like, the visceral shake of the a car really being driven really fast. And it's it's really, it's, it's not as well shot in this movie as Tarantino right. did, but it's just as viscerally impacting and that's what i what i love when she goes on her revenge kick it's visceral you know driving kicking punching shooting just she's a, a death machine dr- a driven for death machine and it's amazing and she looks so i mean she, the, they they told her they they told the they told her that the director made her character mute because they didn't think she was a good actress. And she's, I, it's, it's crazy. She's an incredible actress in this. Sells every, everything about it. And, you know, and, and I mean that first hour as an actress, having to get through that first hour of doing that. And yeah, very, very, 
incredible, but that's what makes it as painful <laughs> as it is for the most part. Well, she's still alive and still working, by the way. I saw an interview with her that was maddening. It was at the Alamo Draft House, and I hate the people that they get to introduce the films and to be the the MCs of that event because they're just like she was almost dismissive of them because it was just so they're they're so enthusiastic that's what i didn't understand about this okay so you see a q and a with her and yeah. she's still she's still like she's still a very pretty woman she's obviously yeah. older she's obviously very intelligent and has a pers- she has put a lot of thought and perspective into her career and stuff and you have these people sort of fawning over her in the movie. And it, and I'm thinking, how could you watch it? That, that she told the story of how they used um, the, the corpse for the eye right. seat. And you hear the audience groaning and stuff. And there's this young woman who's the co-MC. And she says, I didn't know that. That's that's ins- that's illegal. And she's like, oh, it was, <laughs> it was definitely a crime, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and... and uh, the girl goes, that's so cool. I got, I've got to, I, I, I want to watch, just watch that scene again now. And I'm like, I, I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't see how you could be bubbly and enthusiastic after this movie. <laughs> I, I, I think sometimes, which is why, like, like I say, it's, we, we've mentioned that L driver from Kill Bill is, is obviously, uh, inspired by, by Frigga. But it's like, I can't help thinking that Tarantino got the message wrong of this film. In that Ellie Driver is, is looked upon as, as a villain. She's a villain, but she's also looked upon as someone who's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing cool about her. The only thing cool is the ice in her veins. Yes, yes. Well, she's got a cool car, and she she dispatches people in a badass way, but it's not joyful. <laughs> in fact, you know, the funny thing that I was thinking of towards the end during her rampage is that if you took out a, if you rewrote this a bit, this would be the this would be a Lady Punisher film. Yeah. Yes, folks, there was a Lady Punisher. It was in the '90s. Just go. Because it's it's the same sort of setup has a superhero origin movie. You know, somebody goes through a traumatic experience. They decide to fight back. They go and get training from specialists. Then they get their revenge, and now they're they're a vigilante wandering this wandering the the land. Yep, this is how they got their costume. Yeah, this drives around and in she- it. In her jacket and her cop car, and, and her cop car is her mode of transport, because she's policing the world. <laughs> right. I love some of the the, the taglines here. Uh, um. First off, apparently they made a big deal out of the fact that this film was banned in several countries, including its home country of Sweden. Understandable. Of the band movies I've seen, this is one of the ones that I that like. I can totally, you know, a lot of times you're just like, whoa, things were, you know, a lot more prudish in those days. And this one, you see, like, okay, you know, I can see how the censors, yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
there's there's pretty much a little of everything <laughs> that you could object to in this as a censor. Yeah. As a I banner mean... of movies. <laughs> so so check it... out check out these taglines. Meet one up by the Swedish Vice Girl. They forced her to learn the twisted side of love. And they actually the pimp refers to her as the pirate sometimes. The, the pirate, yes. He's like, oh, you want to visit the and pirate? The pirate home? is more. This is so rude. Oh, <laughs> well, he's such a slime. Everything. Well, that's the thing is, and and another thing I noticed about this movie, and you know, maybe I'm reading more into the director, or whatever, but like. Everything, almost everything that happens in this movie is some sort of like transaction for money or whatever. Even in the like in the begin, like even the first scene in the rape scene, she gives him a leaf, and then that's his cue to pick her up and like, oh, little girl, and like the next scene she's selling milk to the old ladies, and yeah. there's lots of scenes of counting your incredibly giant Swedish money and folding it up. That that stuff was like almost like eight and a half by 11 sheets. <laughs> but, you know, everything was like transactional. You know, the doctor comes over. Here's some money, doctor. There's lots of scenes of, you know, of, of Tony the pimp tossing, giving somebody an envelope of money and somebody gives somebody an envelope. You know, it's, it's like life is life just ground down to the transaction of people getting the ugly shit that they want, you know, or this what they want, you know. I'm sending you a, a poster for the film. See, I almost like they call her one eye more, yeah. but it, it's but it they call her one eye. Huh? The fetishizes yeah. the what is not fetishized in the film and i think the people that respond to it like that like like the, the, the person you described to me at the allen draft house they see this these weird stylized elements like the fact that it, when people get shot they go towards the towards the bullet instead of away from it when they get yeah, hit yeah the, the the blood splatters and i have a note of that that, that just says uh shotgun blast splatter out <laughs> yeah they, they actually go in but this movie when she shoots somebody it's a they have you know and that's where i wish they had more of the budget to show meat flying off and stuff or maybe that's where they drew the line and said we're not going to make it too awful the you know the shotgun blast too awful gory because yeah. they could have they could have had big holes in people's backs and stuff like that but just the fact that you're getting a shotgun blast to the knee and stuff like that is yeah. is good good yeah, enough in this. Poster. This one is a little bit plainer, but I think that the shot is just striking. If they choose, they chose to to highlight. See, I I, I sort of like the 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 they call her one eye one because yeah. it, it tricks the pe the it like if people are coming in expecting cool exploitation. Yeah. And then the thriller or cruel picture, it's uh now it's warning you, you know, it's giving yeah. you warning. But then again, at the same time it also has that element of no like I did where it's like, okay, I I, I th 
thriller crew picture? I've seen a Serbian film. Yeah. <laughs> that was me. I that was literally you me. I that when I assigned it to you. You're like, oh, that was I don't. Literally I'm me. Like, oh, or are you in for something? So, so there's a little bit of the I told. So there's a little bit of the great I told you so factor to it, where you're sitting halfway through the movie and you go, oh shit, this really is. This is literally a cruel picture. This is this picture is cruel to the characters. It's cruel to me. <laughs> It's cruel to humanity. Humanity sucks. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's not many decent people. There's the the only decent people. Well, her the people who train her, I guess, yeah. are decent people. But they, it's still transactional. You right. know, they're very, they have pro- very professional relationships with her because she's given them a lot of money. But her parents are kind, simple yeah. farmers. And those two people who are the 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 nice people in the movie end up killing themselves because yes. the pimp sends her letters from like hateful post- letters yes you know uh, you, you know and and this is coming from the little girl who is feeding the cows and then petting little bunnies is yeah. telling i never want to see you again and you don't know how awful it was living there and hating you every second and you know and and then, of course, when she gets a chance, she goes back to visit them just in time to yeah. see their caskets and then hear the gossipy neighbor women saying, like, oh, imagine how they got poison in there. You know, why Why would just their milk get poison? And realizing her parents, like, killed themselves. Yeah. And she missed it by a few days. <laughs> a few days earlier, and it would have been fine. But, nope, they, they had to do it on a Sunday, and there she is on a Monday. But even the the neighbor ladies are gossipy and and just sort of shitty people. <laughs> and you don't see really normal people in this movie, you know? You don't see her walking through town and people around and shopkeepers yeah. wherever she is. It's kind of the this only is a very lean film. Yeah, there's not a lot of background the the, the only time that I saw like background actors was when he when she was drugged and he chases her down with his car in the public park, and you see people just on and they they look like they were actual probably real by yeah. real people in while they were filming, just sort of walking by and not paying any mind. <laughs> Some yeah. guy in a sports car, chasing down a staggering girl in a miniskirt, and then. And there's also some in the scene where she interacts with the the, the gun runner. Yes. Yes. Speaking of the gun runner, you know what I find interesting is so much of this film, um, the director seems to want to force you to contemplate how Frigga is being observed by the others. Like, when she first meets that gun runner character, the camera lingers for, for a long time on his face as he keeps looking back at her, and then it's it's kind of hammering the point home that she's an object to the, most of these people. Yeah, every, every everybody, every everything is getting. Yeah, exactly. It's transactional. Every she's getting, he's looking her down, going like, "What you know? What what am I gonna get out of her? Oh, she's pretty, but I'm getting some money out. You know, it's yeah. it's every, everything is yeah, everything is a commodity. And, <laughs> I think the the, the kindest act anybody who isn't isn't her parents does is when the 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 stunt driver gives her some money says i don't need this much money you can yeah yeah back. yeah 
and uh and in the 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 pimp and his his friends and stuff are just i mean i mean the the level of sociopathy that they operate in you know they are they're operating in you know when he gets her he's just like hey i got another one that's five you know five this week which is like a, a common trope in these in these you know sort of kidnap and get the girls on drugs stories but in this it's just the the coldness of it it's it's you know it was the the usual um portrayal of it's more like a sort of snidely whiplash you know twizzling your 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 mustache type of portrayal whereas this one is this guy's just a leisure suit wearing psychopath you know he totally totally without empathy or without any kind of you know but at the same time able to sort of live that uh, the, i mean i guess the the 70s were the perfect time to be that guy you know predator guy in your car in your leisure suit and the days before cell phones and before um people knew about you know knew how to identify predators as much oh, let's be honest tony looks like a predator from his first shot oh yeah yeah <laughs> i mean that's what the the thing about and the actress is so doe-eyed yeah. and stuff that you buy that she's innocent enough to and she's just sort of going along with it she's just yeah. I, she's doing the like well he's being friendly towards me yeah. so i might as well and she's and she's supposed to be like a young teenager. She's probably a little curious and like, oh, maybe I can make out with him or, you know, an older right. kid's being nice to me or something. And then they have the one scene where he, he takes her out for flambe at the dinner. Yeah. That's the most 70s scene in the whole, the, that whole, the whole when he meets her in the car and in the, yeah. in the restaurant, it's the most 70s sort of scenes you could ever conceive, except if they were inside a van with shag carpeting. Yeah. But you know that, and he, uh, I'll have the pepper steak and everything flambéed. And but at the end, you know, and I'm and one of my notes here is, man, he's really nonchalant about the fact that she hasn't said a single word to her, and he finally yeah. addresses it and says, you know, I've gotten the quiet treatment before, but never like this. And she yeah. writes that. I like line. women who don't. I like women who don't talk much. But you set the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and she like writes down, you know, whatever I'm mute or, or whatever, I can't talk and stuff. And then he like puts his hand on top of her hand. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, oh, okay, so maybe this character. You, and you never can tell right. with these old exploitation movies because every guy in a leisure suit from the 70s look, looked and acted like a predator, creepy cheese ball. And even the ones that were supposed to be, you know, totally cool guys nowadays look kind of creepy and predator like so i'm like okay maybe this guy will turn turn out to be a you know totally i don't know why i'm discounting the name of the movie but i was like oh maybe he'll maybe they'll portray him as being sort of a a a friendly character nope Nope. (laughs) not at all Nope. nope the next scene he's got her back in he's like you're not drinking fast enough and Yes. But they, they do a nice scene, though, where he goes in to get the, the drink and he opens yeah. up the cupboard and they don't slam it home. They don't do a close up of it. But you see empty syringe ampules yeah. in his yeah. 
cupboards and it's just like uh oh and just the sheer creepiness of giving giving a girl a drink and just sitting there lighting a cigarette and watching her until she passes out is so just icky and creepy but um it's funny i i i wonder if like i said i i wonder if people because there there are some stylistic elements like that the color coordinated outfits like the the way the cars that get run off the road explode <laughs> completely in completely a ball of flame. explode into a, Hit a ball of flame um, and they use that they use the like they don't dub a lot of sound in them. They have the sound that they have the sound that you always hear when you see the, like the stunt shots before they dub in the big boom. It's almost a, more of a high pitched clacky noise when they blow up, you know? Yeah. It's less dramatic, but they leave it in there, which makes it a little more realistic, except yeah. for the fact that a car just blows up as if it was a bomb, but like a Toyota Pinto or whatever. Yeah. It's. I think people look at these stylized elements and they they don't realize – there's a message being given. This is a, a communication between the director and you about this is what your fantasy world really is like. Yes. You have this image of Swedish film as being sexy and fun and, you know – this is what it's re- this is what your fantasy world would really be like if you if you really went through this yes it, it's 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 uh the, the the character does not pull herself up out of her thing she just gets rid of she just gets rid of the bad guys and you can tell it's n- not fulfilling it's just something she has to do and at the end she's not better for it there's no. just nothing good comes out there's there's once thing the chain of events gets put into play it, it's just nothing good is going to come out of it and that's more of reality revenge is not revenge is, is not a, a cathartic thing that makes you that frees you from the original trauma at all as a matter of fact it, it's makes you more like the people that you just destroyed and and but at that point you know to i I, you know since she's mute it's all internalized but you get the opinion that she's like my life is basically over now there's you know my life has been destroyed i might as well destroy their lives and when she drives off at the end it's just like you're not really thinking to you know what is what is this person going to do in the future she's sort of done all that <laughs> she could do now it's not um well, she's become ins- the grim reaper at this point. yes yes and and it's it's like they could as an origin story if they would have continued this i i fear this would have turned more in it if they kept if they just kept going with the grimness of it it would just be too much and if it started to become more cartoon like like say death wish did right when, um, death wish did very quickly it, it would ruin it would it would ruin it yeah, if you there know? was a so, return of one eye it, it would it would be a mess I yes think, I, I think that thematically what probably happened that she drives off she kills herself yeah yeah 
and and we should sing the praises of Christina Lindbergh. Does not have her voice. Does not have part of her face for most of the film. And yet manages to convey so much. Yep, I, I saw it in her interview. She was like, you know, and and she's like the 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 props that I. She's like literally like the outfit, the guns, and the martial arts gave me you know besides just acting acting she's like that gave me all that i needed to you know to define the character and she was like but it was a big help having having the props too right but it's just that she's got these wonderfully expressive eyes which is probably why why he goes for the eye instead of like doing something like messing up her face or something well, the pro the problem, it's not a problem. It actually, it's a problem because it's so unpleasant. Is the fact that, uh, and 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 I hate even like having like, you know, normally normal rape scenes, you know, have the woman yeah. fighting and screaming, and and you know possibly like, and and this is in a different situation. That she's a hooker and she's sort of trapped into the situation, right. and she's, she's being forced even, into. I don't even think she's there during some during. Right. Well, that's the I thing mean, not, is not that's like that's I mean, like that's realistic. Most of the time, like when you watch something like that, you have a level of artifice over it where it's like the actor, you know, the guy's like Mwahaha, and the actress is 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 obvious. Like it feels like they're acting. Yeah. And 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 it's and like if a guy's if somebody's raping, usually the woman's fighting, screaming, no, 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 or whatever. This one, no, she just disconnects from reality and like will turn her head away and ha- and like her face will go blank and yeah. stuff. And that's a hundred times more disturbing than if she was screaming and cry. You know, she cries, but it's a single tear. Da- you know, down her. Was this? Th- there are a couple of scenes in like the second act where she is matter-of-factly shooting up. Yep. And. Just the way it looks like just any other day to her. Well, it, it reminded me a little bit of train spotting. It reminded me a little bit of the thing they used in train spotting where they would have, you know, the needle going in, you'd see the blood vessels contracting, you'd see the pupils dilate, and it was all, and it was this repetitive thing. And that's what they, you know, they started at the beginning with actual, like, like real old school calendar days you know to show the passage of time but then they started just doing this you know and this is and this is something that like became more prominent in the 90s and like the train spotting uh, you know uh gus van zandt style movies right the junkie movies of the 90s of show uh, of showing the repetitive pattern of a of a junkie you're living that's that's the measure that you're living your life by so like it's almost rhythmic you know it's almost rhythmic showing the okay you know john shooting up go you know shooting practice fighting practice john shooting up driving practice john and you know it it, pro mega practice yeah it's like i I found that interesting that that, that she's not not just learning uh, martial arts Although I get the impression that, that, that she's she's kicked out because he discovers her shooting up, 
Yes. Yeah. But and that, he also that... learns Chromaga, Maga, which you know the the quote unquote universal soldier, um, martial art. Art of killing. Yes. Art of, yeah. <laughs> I had a friend in high school who used to call it Crab McGrab. <laughs> If you really want to learn the greatest fighting art, it's crab McGrab. And you crab claw, you'll crab claw people's nuts off and you can snatch their eyes out. Yeah. That 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 sort of repetitive cycle, it's grueling to yeah. watch. But by the time you reach that cycle where she's training, that's where you're like, okay, come okay. on soon. I'm, I got to get my satisfaction I, here. We have to, yeah. Because at this point, you want to see everybody's, you know, slaughter. Yeah, it plays and not you in like a, a purient way. You just want you just want this this woman to get some release. You want payback for the last hour of your life. Yeah, really. You're just like I. I was mad. I was mad. I was like, oh man, you know, they 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 made this movie a certain way, like to you know, and you know, I'm not a per. I I, I mean. It can't hurt to see things through an abused woman's eyes, but I feel that I that I've had a measure of that in my life. I have a measure of empathy towards it, so it was just like, oh, I'm getting this like ground home to me, and I, I, you know, I hate these people. You know, everybody, you know, it goes the extra mile to make the people hateful in it. The only, like, yeah, there's just even like when um the when when the woman showed up and it's like yeah. okay a lesbians but th that's odd but they, i guess they're they're trying to set up you know uh, a bunch of different victims and yeah. of different types but man that lesbian's the worst of yeah. in, in a lot of ways because she, she wants to do is beat the fucking crap out of her. She wants to beat her up and then be nice to her and have sex. She has some yeah. weird, weird cycle that she's playing out. But like with her, it's more like the damage she's doing is physical and psychological at the same time. Whereas most of the guys are just sort of like, you know, detached from her. I, I'm going to just pose, throw yeah. you around in pictures of you. I'm just going to you know climb on top of you and have sex with you and after a slap or two but she's messing with her head and then goes from like slapping her around to like yeah. weird little shows of it like trying to show affection yeah. and stuff and it's it's messed up and i was like wondering i'm like how are they gonna make me hate like uh, this lesbian woman like they make me hate everybody else oh they're yeah. very good at it they, they did it and now uh, we we should once again emphasize to people because we're about to recommend this. Mm -hmm. But this is not for everyone. It's for a select group of people. I I like any woman who's had. I I mean, uh, all right. There, okay, there's women who who like horror movies and like exploitation mm -hmm. movies and may have had things happen to them, but they're used to that stuff happening in movies. They could probably watch this with a warning to know what's, you know, just to know this is it's coming and it's going to actually be realistic and then they'd probably be OK. But like somebody who like has, you know, 
PTSD type yeah. stuff of anything like this should not go within a thousand feet of this this no. movie. It's 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 this, not. This movie is good very for, honest in its title. Yes, it should be. It should be heated. I I feel sorry. I I feel like that. Uh, I, I I feel sorry for like any women that were, were happened into this movie that like didn't know what was coming that it had anything happen to him in the past because it was yeah, yeah. so was so upsetting to me <laughs> you know just just watching it to, it could be like really it could like seriously like this could be a very tra- uh, a truly traumatic movie yeah to some people yeah this is this is not I spit on your grave or no. which you know. is could be traumatic too yeah, it, it, but it's this also is traumatic, worse. but th- th- there is a yeah, because there it's, isn't. I spit on your grave is not realistic. It's exaggerated no. and and ex- exploit. Th- this is an ex- exploitation movie, but um, and she, and 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 Lindhurst was saying this may be the ultimate exploitation movie. I almost think it's almost like an anti-exploitation movie. It's almost like a trick exploitation movie of like because because the audience is being made to feel yeah yeah uh, it's, and of all you're coming to get your uh, like Cannibal Holocaust. It's like oh you're you're coming to get your rocks off on so, uh, on a woman getting hurt. And I know it's only a movie, but guess what? There's that th- that really happens, you know. Yeah, yeah sort of thing and that's usually not something you're grappling with in your mind in an exploitation movie you're usually going like tits <laughs> yeah exactly and here you're like I mean, oh this, this tits. Is, let's be honest this is a beautiful woman she's got a she's got a beautiful body but you don't you feel wrong seeing her like this i don't want to see her naked in this the the, yeah. the the more of her skin that I saw, the more I was like, oh, no, no, you know, because it's doesn't it's not set up to titillate. Yeah, no, it, it's Which that's is, why I, I invoke Taniki as uh, a person who probably saw this as a young as a young a young and went, that's how I'm going to make movies. Because Haneke is also very nihilistic his, yes very critical of his audience he also like like this film makes the audience complicit in what's going on and uh, or somebody like Lars von Trier well, the, the, the audience I, I always think the audience is always complicit but there's but like when you make them aware a, a when you make of, them aware that they're complicit and you make yeah. them aware that they're complicit when something bad's going on that's a whole that's like kind of crossing a line to yeah. cinema well the thing is is that most of the time yeah your audience is always complicit because of course the film would not exist without an audience but there's always for most parts a, a sense of distance yeah you, you usually have an ethical and moral out to bad yeah. things happening on the screen and most filmmakers do that because they 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 like their audience or they want their audience to they don't want their audience to feel beat up after the movie yeah and and that's i mean there's a point to that but like if you're making the kind of movie where an audience you know there are 
at this kind of subject matter there you know there's a strong argument to be made that yeah maybe the audience should feel feel beat up after this movie you know and that's not something people like to do a lot <laughs> no no it's it's not and outside of the art house you yeah know. And, and this was this was definitely not an art house film this was i mean i've showed you the posters this was marketed as an exploitation film i i in wikipedia they said it's an exploitation film with art house elements to it but i totally disagree with that i would totally uh argue against that it it you know maybe they're saying it has art house elements because it makes you think about the movie but yeah. the way it's shot and the you know the tropes of it and the you know everything about it is is grindhouse it's it's this isn't you know uh, a, an you know a, an art art director or not an art director you know an artistic director to make money but yeah this was a guy ma- ma- looking to make a brutal, brutal. Uh, well, I could feel driving. I could feel the anger of the director at having to, to do this picture. Yeah, well, there's that element to it too. Just remember, before yeah. this, he was making a ki- the film that flop was a kids' film. Right. Yeah, he might have a he might have a level of distaste for this genre. And uh, supposedly the film he made after this, the last film he made, Breaking Point, is even more grotesque. Oh. Well, <laughs> maybe that's because this one made... I don't know if this... Well, I, this one, I, I have to assume it made money because... Yeah, we're still talking. But then again, it, we might still be talking about it because Quentin Tarantino yeah. has has brought it out to the forefront you know, but uh, with and its associations with Kill Bill and stuff. Yeah, you know. And the thing is, of course, is that, and I, I love Tarantino as a director, but a lot of his work is just him reliving his his days as a youth, going to Grindhouse Pictures in Los Angeles. There's a lot of his films are take elements. He uses them differently and uses them sometimes in an art, in in an artistic way. But I think the reputation this film has has been mis. I think this film is being misrepresented these days. Yeah, well, when you know that's and that's the good and bad. That that's the thing about Quentin Tarantino is a filmmaker. He's a genius. Like I like I haven't seen one of his movies that I haven't actually loved. You know that that I haven't like hasn't been like a major like I, I get excited when a new movie's coming out by him and he does something that I've always wanted people to do and and I probably would have gone in that direction if I had ended up in Hollywood of where you know I see I would see grindhouse or low budget movies and I would think to myself you know what would this movie be like if somebody really wrote like a really good script for it but it still has the same idea it still has the same feel but all of a sudden it has a script that you put different you know you put more layers to it and 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 i'm like those movies would be so you know so much better than even like you know oscar bait gandhi movies because they would have the titillation and stuff but they would have the self-awareness and he he nailed that 
but yeah. when he and and he and he was doing good work too with like you know re-releasing movies that were obscure or hard to find and and getting people into the whole grindhouse thing but i think that it's it's calmed down a little bit because the it's not the trendiness it was when like gr you know grindhouse came out and stuff and people were like making all the trailers and making tribute grindhouse movies all the time yeah, well, but the, the thing people is, don't I mean, get it. They they take yeah. the surface fetish element, fetishy sort of elements of the surface things that it's made up of, and that was the problem with a lot of like, you know, when he when in the Grindhouse movies when they had the fake trailers, right. those were fantastic with the fake fucked up film and mm -hmm. you know the the garbled vo vocals and stuff. But when people started making movies. You know, and it was great in Planet Terror too, because it was a yeah. novelty. And then everybody was just like, and and I know how it feels. I love I, that I, aesthetic. This, I, I, as much as I love Grindhouse cinema, I despise Neo Grindhouse because it's too self. It's like the people who make like Birdemic and Shark. Yeah. they're trying to make something and that that has to happen organically. Don't understand? That's right. the thing that bothers me. I, I, I watch. During my uh, Halloween Hearth on October, I I originally started just by choosing films at random before I decided to make a poll for the audience. And w one of the films I picked was called I think it was called Zombie Hunter, and it starred Danny Trejo, and he's he's on the poster and he's dressed in a priest's garb, and the um, summary on IMDb made it sound like Danny Trejo is a, a neighborhood priest who who's fighting against an epidemic and i'm like that kind of sounds interesting it has nothing to do with that it's all about here's the here's the girl with the big kits we're going to call fast lane debbie here's you know it, it, it's just it's like they see the trailers and they they've never seen an actual grindhouse movie and never seen right. the long spaces of breath they have the surface they have the surface element of the I, you know, the, and they don't get to the, the core of it to where, okay, these people were, were, were like, okay, we're churning out crap, yeah. but at the same time they would have ideas for that crap and they would make something. And the appeal to it was somebody tried to make something that, you know, it, it had the ex exploitation levels, but that, that the, the charm of it, uh, like, okay, here, uh, an analogy is when I used to work at this vegetarian place near a music school right? and it was, and, uh, and it was a, a kind of lofty music school. And like the kids that would go there were really talented players. And, uh, there were these three guys, they probably were like 18, 19 years old and they were studying jazz. And, uh, my boss would tell them, you know, you can all have a free meal if you come and play for an hour with your, you know, little three-piece combo, acoustic, you know, nothing. Right. They all lived there with their instruments, and we were across the street from the school, so they could just wander in around dinner time and put out a show. And these kids, and, and, you know, they're kids, they're learning. But it, it, this is what it reminds me of. They would be playing these, you know, jazz songs that were recorded, you know, in the 20s and, you know, from 20s and 30s, 40s, 50s recordings of, you know, like jazz musicians who were like hooked on heroin and improvising and they'd hear these wonderful recordings and they would replicate them. 
you know, somebody would be doing an improvised solo and they'd learn it note for note and they would do it and they'd be just like, yeah, we got that perfectly right. Not realizing that, you know, it, it totally took the idea of the piece away, which would have a structure for people to solo around so they could express themselves on it. And so they were just taking the physical elements of it that they could see, but they didn't understand and putting them back together. And it, and it's, it's not the same thing, you know, it was, it was to watch them do it. It was like, okay, you've learned the parts, but there was no excite, exciting interplay between any of them. And, and, you know, it's, if you wanted to, if you wanted to really make pay tribute to grindhouse movies, just make a low budget movie that you want to make, you know, and put a, and, and have it deal with the topics of exploitation movies and just try honestly to make that movie on a low budget and and you've made your uh, exploitation movie you know making it look like an exploitation movie that was made in the 70s is just like fetishy to me it's it's yeah it, it, but i think the thing is people kind of misunderstand sometimes what the grindhouse aesthetic is and they you well it's the problem with with basing everything off the trailers is that the trailers were basically three minutes the three minutes of the movie that was unusual you know yes it's um and in some cases i mean i think i've se- i've seen trailers for this which emphasizes the revenge part and doesn't mention at all the fact that that, that you have to go through an hour and change of really really grimy stuff to get to that revenge yeah the one i saw had a couple scenes it had the scene of him coming at her with the the knife yeah and a couple scenes of her getting slapped around but that's standard of what you'd expect for something like that and then the rest of the scenes were her running around and shooting the shotgun and yeah you know and people falling down and stuff like that so yeah it looked like a fun movie is what it looked like (laughs) yeah so I mean I would definitely if you are interested if you are and obviously I mean at this point if you've been following this uh, this podcast you, you must be interested in the grindhouse aesthetic well apparently it's been remastered yeah and you can get it there is a there is a blu-ray out through and, and I guess you can get it with or without the um the the porno inserts yeah and apparently the 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 version without the the, they're put out without the porno inserts is the longest version of the film Mm -hmm. available so it has scenes other scenes that were cut out that we probably didn't see in the one we saw and uh but uh yeah i don't know if i would if if you're gonna choose Use your own taste whether you're going to get the yeah, porno inserts or not. Those, I, yeah, this might be I don't think they things. add or subtract. If they're not there, I don't think it's going to subtract from the grisliness of it even. They sort of put it over the top. And if you don't want to see 70s style un, unshaven, unnatural porno penetration shots, you can go for the other version. And yeah. it's not going to, it's not going, you're not going to have a significantly different experience yeah it's available through synapse video this might be one of those films which you'll watch once you'll be grateful you watched it but you'll never want to watch it again it's a one watcher for me too just like a serbian film 
it, it's like I had kind of like the same experience I had when I watched uh, Henry Portrait of Serial Killer and the uh, Angelica Film Center. I haven't done my one watch of that yet. I know that's going to be a one watcher for me too. It was. It's like I so appreciate this film. I am going to follow this filmmaker to wherever he goes next, but I will never watch this movie again. Don't have to buy a copy of this one if you. No. <laughs> no, but it is. This is a truer example of what Grindhouse could be. I mean, I can't imagine anybody getting off on this film. It's, I mean, it's worth it for the sheer level of a filmmaker manipulating you successfully the way he wanted to with the movie. It's vastly, incredibly effective in that way. And as a as a piece of revenge film, it's you know it takes it heads and shoulders above the rest of them as a piece of you know of art or you know something that was time and effort was put into. But yeah, it's a rough ride <laughs> to get there. And and you know I'm I'm trying to to remember the name of the the, the when we were talking about the repetitive heroin. There was a the the movie by um um oh the guy who just did the Noah movie and and um Aronofsky yeah um with the with the heroin addict yeah and the mother oh, that, God, oh. that's a one time that's a that's another one like this where it's oh you know junkie oh. movies are cool let's go see this movie and uh and then you see it and then it's like oh guess what this is real this isn't just like hey you know the the romantic life of the junkie this is the hellish repetitive yeah. life of the junkie and Aronofsky it's wonderful is an interesting is an interesting filmmaker in that he's not usually cited for having grindhouse aesthetics but you oh he sure does yeah, I mean, like Black Swan, I, I think I, I call Black Swan the best Dario Argento film never made by Dario Argento. Yeah, well, he's he reminds me a little of Dario Argento mixed with like Ken Russell. He's got a he's I think he's actually a better filmmaker than Ken Russell, but he's got that sort of that um, it's a freedom <laughs> that yeah. and, and, and of where he's he he's not abashed at trying anything and he's not afraid to take a giant, you know, leap out into the abyss with something and, and hope it works, you know, as much as I, as I think his take would have been wrongheaded. I still would have loved to, I would love to see the script he wrote for the Watchmen. Oh, he wrote, no, he was, I, he, I, I would have, I would like, yeah, I would have I would would have preferred to see him do the Watchmen. I would have preferred to see what he would have tried to do with the Watchmen it more than It was set in modern Zack day. Snyder. It, 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 it was it was set in modern day for one thing. I'll still take Gilliam first, but he he oh, would Oh, well, be of course second. Gilliam was Gilliam and what was the other Oh, Alan Parker was supposed to be doing it at one point. And one and he actually was negotiating with Sean Connery to play the comedian. Oh. I know this for a fact. 
I know this for a fact because I called Sean Connery's office once because I was working for Film Comet magazine. Not Film Comet. Uh, I was working for a magazine and they, they wanted me to find uh, the five favorite action films of, of, of famous people who were associated with action. And one of them was Sean Connery. So I called his office and his assistant says, just a bit, let me see if he's available. And I'm sitting in the kitchen of my little house in Long Island where I was living at the time. And Thinking that any second... Thumping. Oh my I, god, any second like, Sean Oh my Connery. god, I'm gonna be speaking to James Bond! You hello, know? yeah. How oh, could but you imagine he, going, hello? Oh god. But then he, he, the guy came back on and said he just left. He's, he's having a meeting with Alan Parker. And I had heard that Alan Parker was uh, assigned to Watchmen at the time. I said, is he talking about a, a, a new project? He said, yeah, he's up for something called The Comedian. Could you imagine that? That would have been great. Oh god. Uh, just, but but yeah, I, Aronofsky is. This look look at how how all these filmmakers were citing in this episode, in connection with this film. Yeah. This a simple revenge, a quote unquote simple revenge film. That was made just to make a bunch of money. And. Here we are. We're we're evoking all these art house directors, but I think that the, it's 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 relevant. Well, a lot of our art house directors, as as somebody who, if I was making movies, I would probably be an art house director. Right. Like my aesthetic would have definitely been strongly affected by grindhouse movies, John Water movies, stuff like that, low budget stuff for sure. So I have a feeling like. A lot of people that age or, or older, you know, that's 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 part of to that to them. That's part of classic cinema, you know, and nowadays nowadays people take pulpier, you know, they they, they put more credence to pulpier stuff. It's not it, taken as as disposable as it used to be. You know, maybe it's been since it's been around long, it's it's gained more cultural context or something or just just by attrition, it's become more accepted. But, you know, people people will acknowledge that a grindhouse movie can contain, you know, uh, real elements of cinema and can be yeah. taken seriously as a movie and analyzed without without it being ridiculous you know with so, it having merit to it so yeah this is this is definitely a recommend but with a strong warning this is this is strong ass yeah. stuff this don't is not say old. we didn't warn you don't, don't say we didn't war this is this is an ex this is an experience and as someone who is a dare movie daredevil and will not flinch away from stuff you know, I also know that there's a lot of you out there that no matter what we say are going to go like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's me. Hey, it's me. All right. Just just remember, that was me. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it, but I've actually watched this two times now. And it's like, I, I think that's about it for me. Yeah, yeah. You're, it, you're, you're good with this for the rest I'm of your really life. Good with this. This is, me this too. Is, I, I feel like I have to show you mercy now. 
Oh. I have to okay. show you a little mercy. I cause, cause I'll believe it when I see it, but okay. Well how do you feel about Ron Howard? I I loved him in uh uh the the nudie musical. He was brilliant. Well would you would you like to see him as a redneck Romeo in a stock car movie? Yes. Okay. So next month, I'm going to let you watch Eat My Dust, the first of three Ooh. films. This is the only one I think he didn't direct. The other two he directed. Um, that, that is considered the Redneck Trilogy. The Redhead Redneck Trilogy? The Redhead Redneck Trilogy, yes. Eat My Dust. And, and um, it's much lighter. It, it has to be. Oh, excellent! It's it's like a road movie on his road to the Oscar. I love it. The road from from Opie to to Richie Cunningham to to Redneck to Oscar-winning director. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll be you'll be reveling in it next month. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. They called her One-Eye, then ran for their lives. Rated R.